misses. Brock isn't dead. It's just sleuthing. With your host, Willie Whitebread, and Mark Audio Slave Stewart. And welcome to another episode of Rock Isn't Dead. It's just sleeping with me, Willie Whitebread. Mark Audio Slave. Mark decided to omit his last name because <laughs> he's he just hit me. Anywho, uh, so in lieu of one of my favorite bands, Slipknot, in lieu of them coming out with a new album, I think it's August 9th, and some other unfortunate very tragic events Slipknot. <laughs> in Slipknot history with uh, Sean Crahan's daughter uh, passing away. We decided to do an episode on Slipknot. Um, and what, what better, what better band to, to go into a, a little bit of history with than a band that's had 13 different members in it and so many founding fathers to it. These guys have been around for a long, long time. And, you know, they had that, that was, what do they call it, followers? The, the maggots, maggots, right? Yes. I mean, those guys, those guys are even, you know, you know, so, 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 so really dedicated to these guys. I mean. Yeah, well, they've got a huge following. They're like a, like a, like a Game of Thrones show in a band. You know, I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Well, you know, I'm not into the whole Shrek, uh, you know, atmosphere. It's no Shrek. Uh, have you not seen the the Game of Thrones? Is is totally all Shrek. It's not Shrek. It's yeah. They got they got the fart lord and the Shrek and the <laughs> Fiona. It. Anyway, you've got Corey Taylor, Sean Crahan, Chris Fenn, Joey Jordison, Paul Gray, Sid Wilson, Jim Root, Craig Jones, Mick Thompson, Jay Weinberg, Alessandro Venturilla. Donnie Steele, and Josh Brainerd. <sighs> My God. And if there was any more members, we are sorry. We did not mention your, 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 your names. But if, you, you know, if there was any more members, then you know, they're really not mention worthy anyway. Right. And if there was any more members, Sean Crahan, a.k.a. Clown, he, uh, he doesn't want any of their fucking publicity out there. That guy... That guy's a harsh critic, man. I've read a couple or listened to a couple of his interviews, and he doesn't fuck around. <laughs> he does not, dude. He'll, he the, like for instance the uh, their new drummer that replaced Jordison, Jay Weinberg, and the uh, the new bassist that replaced Paul Gray, Alessandro Venturilla. They were supposed to be super temporary members of the band. They were not like C Clown made that absolutely clear that they were not going to and be. They right. weren't liked either. No, no. No, absolutely not. So, anywho, back where these guys even started, I don't know if you, I'm you, sure you guys, if you know their second album, Iowa, you know where they're from, right? So all of them are from Des Moines, right? And uh, they started back in the very early 90s. And all of them, all of them had their own little, little finger inlets that they kind of weaseled around in, in the Des Moines, Iowa scene. You know, you had Jim Root in Atomic Opera. You had Joey Jordison in Modifidus. You had uh, Sean Crahan in Heads on the Wall, a funk metal band. Like it's just, it's just literally insane the history behind these guys. This is all pre Corey Taylor. I mean, 
when when Corey Taylor came came into the band, he had pretty much a prerequisite like this is how you have to sound, this is how you should sound, and you know he he pretty much fit the bill in in, in every every right, and and even you know more so you know because he took it to a whole another level once those guys took off to 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 their stardom. Right, and and at the time when when Corey Taylor was recruited, he was in Stone Sour. He, he had Stone Sour up and going. However, he loved Slipknot so much. I, I, I read about this, too. He, he said he was like, I'm going to play for that fucking band. He's like, I'm going to play for them. And, 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 well, yeah, and, and their name, Slipknot, came from a song from their early days. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you know, I guess if, if you didn't know, that's, that's where they got the name Slipknot from. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they, they had a, an original album. Uh, before the self-titled album, and I, I didn't really know this. I had heard a couple songs off of it, but I, I thought it was like some extra cuts from the self-titled titled album or something like that. But they originally released an album in uh, on Halloween in 1996 called Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat. And this was pre-Corey Taylor. This was Sean Crahan singing, and I forget who who else was singing with him, but maybe... Maybe Craig Jones. I don't remember. But anyway, so this this fucking this album is absolute like what you when you would hear Slipknot like that the name Slipknot. This is kind of what you think they would sound like. That was you know pretty heavy for for that time period, but um, you know they they weren't refined like like the the Slipknot that everybody you know knew when when Iowa first came out. Right, and I don't I don't think I don't think they ever wanted to be classified as refined however they, they had a very industrial metal ministry type sound to them and if you keep listening to that album they, they they go into these crazy like funky like you know non very 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 you know non-slip slipknot type type rhythms you know with their guitar playing right and i think i think with that why they didn't really stick with that uh with that that you know sound that industrial metal sound is because they weren't they weren't going to get radio play. They weren't, you know, songs like that. Like, I mean, I'm sure like maybe a couple little, little, you know, radio stations in Des Moines. I mean, come on. Does any, does any, like besides Metallica, has any heavy metal band really gotten much radio play? Like, True. you know, Megadeth, did they get much radio play? No, it, you know, it was very fan based, you know, they very, you know, it has, you have to just kind of go out there and perform and, 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 you know, collect your fans that way. Yeah. But you know, a man's got to eat, you know. You got to feed. You got to feed your family. You got to make the donuts, so to speak. So I imagine, you know, I can't speak for them, but I imagine if it were me, you know, I'd be thinking, okay, well, I love doing this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to do this for a living, but how do I get successful at it? You know, and I think that's what brought Corey Taylor in, honestly. Um, so with that, he brought Corey Taylor's melodic. Now, that's not to say that Corey Taylor's not a thrashing son of a bitch, because that guy gets down. But he did bring with him a, a good bit of good bit of melody, you know, some melodic influence and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. Oh yeah, and a lot of it came from Stone Sour. I mean, you know, he was yeah. in that band, and you know, that's what he did. And then like Slipknot, he got in a Slipknot, and he would, they were like, oh, you know, you got you got to be hard as fuck, you know, to, to 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 get in this band. Well, yeah, man, these guys are fucking insane. These are the same people that that would bring a crow, a dead crow in a jar of formaldehyde on stage and have each member smell it before they played a show. Oh, yeah, that was Clown, right? Yeah, yeah, that was Clown. He always had it behind his, his percussion set, you know. But anyway, these guys are insane in just their history, like going back, 
going back with them. They recorded that that mate feed kill repeat album. They they funded that completely themselves. They spent like forty grand, you know, at SR uh, SR Audio in Des Moines, Iowa. They they spent all this money to record this sound, and they just I th- they just needed a little bit more. Well, yeah. Slipknot is uh, is the one of the baddest metal bands ever. You know, um, there's been a lot of imitations. You know, Mushroomhead. You know, I guess you can call them kind of guys Im- imitation yeah, a little I bit. Mean, Slipknot's the pioneers of the masked metal scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what what you know, I I've heard that you know that those guys used to go on stage and they used to throw up in their masks. Yep. And 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 then just keep performing. You know, even as they're in mid set, they're performing as they're you know. <laughs> hurling in their mask basically yeah, and they never washed and they never washed them afterwards they never washed them they never fucking washed them either um disgusting yeah pretty much but another another refining point other than than bringing in Corey taylor i think is is bringing in dj starscream aka dj sid wilson oh that made their sound like that that made their sound yeah, yeah i think so too and it was after that that they uh you know, they got a seven-album deal from Roadrunner Records, and, you know, they signed it publicly in July of, of 98, which led to them going on to OzFest and starting recording their, I think, their most notorious album, obviously, is their, you know, their self-titled. That was their second, technically their second, but really as a blossoming flower. As a blossoming flower, <laughs> you would say, <laughs> their their first real album, which I I absolutely loved them, and I think... I don't. I don't know if I got actually got into Slipknot until until Iowa. Their second. I, I don't think. Well, that's pretty much when, when everybody in America got into them. Right. Right. Oh shit. I mean, that was that was like a mainstream produced like, you know, here 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 they are. You know, they're gonna be with Ozzy this year. So here they here. You know, you guys can go out and buy this yeah, this album. Like, you know. Like, uh, Join you know, the music mafia. Exactly, made. exactly. Unless you were living somewhere outside Des Moines, Iowa, you you wouldn't know who they were until that until that album appeared. You know, in in, in your nationwide record store. Right, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, with with them going on tour with Ozzy, that that kind of set them up in '99. That set them up and started making them. And they also, with their first album, they released like a mini home movie called Welcome to Our Neighborhood, which is pretty fucking metal, too. Did you see that? I have not, but but I've heard that it's it's pretty freaking hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Slipknot as a whole as well, they, they've received a absolute shitstorm of of you know just negative review throughout the years as well they have they they, they were kind of like one of those led zeppelin bands like oh you're gonna fall like a led zeppelin nobody thought that they would take off and until you know early 2000s when the fucking album went platinum you know so fuck you right well yeah and i've told you in the past the only the only thing about slipknot to me it seems like the, the engineer in the recording studio did not know what he was doing on a couple of their albums because a couple of their albums were so so the equalization on those albums were just so off that like you know you, uh, you know I loved the albums don't get me wrong the songs were great but but the equalization on those albums were just was just terrible it was it was it was not EQ'd correctly in the studio in my opinion and you of all people you would know I don't know shit about well, no EQs you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, you you'll know when you play it on a good system, you know, good sound. So right, right. So anyway, um, after Iowa got dropped in uh, 
August of 2001. They threw out a couple singles. You guys probably know them. Left Behind, My Plague, Heretic Anthem. Then they started getting big enough. They were getting thrown into movies. Like they were featured in Rollerball, Resident Evil, all these kind of movies. And that's when they really, really started exploding. You know, um, you know. And then after that, they. I don't know though. Like after Iowa, I feel. I feel because that's when that's when uh, Corey Taylor started splitting off a little bit to do to do some more of his of his uh, Stone Sour stuff. But that's when Stone Sour got popular too. Right. I mean, because no one even fucking knew who Stone Sour was until Slipknot got big. Well, Corey Taylor was a made man. Exactly, exactly. You know, Corey Taylor, you know, he, he, can, he can throw his voice in both directions. You know, he, he, can, he, can, you know, he can go into Stone Sour and be melodic and, and, and be like that, that guy that all the chicks want to hear. But then he can also go over to, to Slipknot and, 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 and be that guy that everybody, you know, all the metalheads want, want to fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know? totally, totally. <laughs> right. And it, crazy enough is when I, when I was big into, into Slipknot and stuff like that, and I was listening to them a lot, and then Stone Sour came on the scene, I, I didn't even know that Corey Taylor, <laughs> that's how ignorant I was to that fact, because of the separation of vocal style. You know, I didn't even know he was the lead singer of both bands. Dude, you okay? So I I uh, I had that stint I, I did at uh, Rockville a, yeah. a bunch of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I was waiting for uh, uh, a signal from somebody to go pick up Limp Biscuits bus driver so I could take them back to take him back from his hotel to to you have so to, many good stories to Limp Biscuit right so they they can go on their tour mm-hmm. so I was just hanging out and there was a bunch of dudes just just hanging out you know backstage after the show so I was just hanging out with them. And they were cool, cool. You know, we were all hanging out, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, the 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 one dude says, "Hey, uh, we gotta go uh, meet these guys for for you know for our uh, our meet and greet." So you know, and, and they were kind of like you know dissing their whole meet and greet. And I was just like, "Oh, okay. I thought they were roadies. I didn't think that they were, you know, some kind of a band, you know." And so my boss comes comes over to me, and he goes, he goes. Do you do you even know who you who you were talking to? I was like, no. He's like, that was Stone Sour. That was Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Are you stupid? And I was like, holy shit, are you serious? He's like, oh yes, I'm serious. And I was like, I did not know because I'd never saw Corey Taylor before without his mask on. So I, I me neither. Yeah, I had no idea that those those guys were who who they were. But they were cool as fuck. I thought they were roadies. They had you know they didn't they didn't seem like they were pretentious or anything like that. They, those guys were totally cool. So in my book, you know, Corey Taylor, I know who he, he was when, now after I was talking to him. But at the time, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> right, right. I, I hope your boss really sounded like that. Oh, he was. He was. He was like, How did he, he, he said, Mark, you, you know, uh, one time I was driving Britney Spears from the uh, Jacksonville airport to to the uh, venue. And, you know. You you can go in my van if you want, and you you can sniff the seat if you want. And I was like, "What are you talking about, bro? What are you talking about right now?" He's like, "He's like, he's like, you don't want to." I was like, "Are you weird? What what was what's your problem?" No, it was last night, man. Yeah, he probably he probably already going in there doing freaking doing lines off the seat off Britney Spears. Put this say. put this way, he told me he goes he goes I took a piece a piece of uh, Jessica Simpson's bubble gum because she was chewing it in my back back of my uh uh explorer or whatever the hell he drives expedition and he goes 
you could just give me give me that gum, Jessica, and I'll throw it away for you. She gave me the gum, and then I have it, and I put it in in you know in a plastic baggie, and I kept it just in case you know we could, we I can ever use it and sell it. Cause this dude has thousands of pictures and autographs and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, he told me a story one time where he he met Jack Nicholson at the airport, and uh, you know, he was just like sitting there with a sign that says Jack, and so Jack Nicholson is walking down, at, at, you know, at, you know, like like kind of almost like a gimp, and he looks up and he says, "You, Fred," and Fred says, "Yep," and he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes take my arm, Fred. So so Jack Nicholson takes his arm, and and so Jack Nicholson pretended like he wasn't, you know, you know, a human being. He pretended like he was like you know like a handicapped guy or something like that, Much just to, just just to get out of the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is this and this guy's legit, man. I mean, he. He's got one of the actual um, golden tickets from the Willy Won- the original Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. He's got one of the golden tickets because he he drove those 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 actors and actresses from their their hotels to the the, st- the studios. I mean, this guy is super super legit. He's got when I when I say I'm not exaggerating. He's got four stack like um, office. Uh, what do you call it? Like when 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 they're when, when you have a office uh, filing cabinet. Filing cabinets. He's got office. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's got four stack filing cabinets full of autographs and pictures from from him driving these guys around. I mean, he's he's a cool guy. He seems like he's got a definitely got a cool job, but he also sounds like a like a either a serial killer or a very disgruntled southern mother. Oh, he's southern. <laughs> so anyway, which brings us from Iowa to uh, Volume Three, the Subliminal Verses, and this this is actually when my one of my little Slipknot dreams come true because this is when I actually got to see him at the Jägermeister Music Tour in two thousand four. And funny enough, it was actually my first metal show ever. I knew that I loved Slipknot. You know, I listened to other stuff like you know Chimera, Fear Factory, you know stuff like that. But uh, you know, I'd always wanted to see Slipknot, and finally the day comes, and I go with a, with a friend of my dad's, Fast Eddie, right? And it turns out that Fast Eddie's actually good friends with Jim Root, which is I didn't know that at the time. I, I don't even think I knew who Jim Root was at the time, to be quite honest. But anyway, so that's when I finally got to see Slipknot, and they were literally insane. Joey Jordison is probably one of the best drummers that I've ever seen. Uh, have you seen his kit? His kit is oh, like, yeah. you know, he's one of the gods of of, of drummers, you know, uh, you know, on, on live stages. Absolutely. And he, uh, when I saw him, they he took a he took a bite out of Tommy Lee's book and did the the roller coaster drum set over the fucking crowd and all this shit. And here I am, 13 years old. My fucking mind is ripped to ribbons. And then Fast Eddie, the, my dad's friend that I went with, ends up jumping on stage and getting punched in the mouth by a bouncer off the stage during people equal shit. Fucking fantastic. But anyway, so yeah, they uh, they released that in mid-2003, and you know they got their first Grammy for Before I Forget, which I think, I think didn't they play for Before I Forget on the radio? Yeah, totally, because I, I remember hearing that song a lot back in when it was released, of course. Yeah, and that was, that was in the... That was in when they started going a little bit, little bit too m- melodic for me. The too much of the Stone Sour started bleeding over into the Slipknot realm. See, for me, I, I kind of liked the whole uh, "Before I Forget" you know era. It was different. It was different. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. You're right. They did have a lot of the uh, the old DJs you know hanging out in 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 the, in the audio area, but 
It was it was good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. It was just, it's just kind of for a for a band that you uh, that that you know jams a certain way and they have a certain credo. You know, it's a little bit, you know, it's a shocking thing. It's a shock from a shock rock band. You know, I, I that album dropped out and I was like, oh man, this is good, but it's just, it's just different. You know. Anyway, so they move on to their fourth album, All Hope Is Gone. And this was actually a really a really tough album because this is when um, one of the founding fathers, Paul Gray, he was he had been sober for years. You know, he was a he was a bass player, you know, and he had been sober for a lot of years. But something happened. Um, Oh, and they were even saying with him that he used to, you know, he used to fall out during practice or pass out in the bathroom or anything like that from this shit. So anyway. This, uh, during the recording of All Hope Is Gone, that's when May 24th, 2010, they found Paul Gray dead in a town hall, uh, town suites hotel in Johnson, Iowa. And ah, are you serious, man? That's, a, yeah. uh, that's like ridiculousness. Yeah, another one bites the dust, man. And that's a, that's a damn shame because he was one of the founding fathers, and I know that was a painful, a painful blow to those guys, you know, because I, I read a lot of interviews with Corey Taylor, and, and it seemed like, even though there was, you know, because sometimes you know how bands, like, they, they, they're together, but they're not. Like the Rolling Stones, you know what I mean? They're yeah, together, yeah. but they're not really together. The Slipknot thing, it always intrigued me and because it, 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 they almost seemed like they were a family. Like, very close niche, very tight. Well, that many members in a band, you have to have, like, some kind of family value, right. you know, to, 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 to tour with these guys. I mean, if you weren't, then guess what? You're you're out, you know? We can get somebody else to replace you, you're, you know. Like I said, like, one of the... You, you, you got the uh, singer, you got the bassist, you got the rhythm guitar, you got the lead guitar and the drummer. You know, everybody else in the band is kind of, you know, replaceable, right. you know, but, you know, even even the, 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 the core of the band is replaceable as well. But just just to, to think that, you know, there's so many members in one band, like how I can't even think of another band that has so many members. I, I don't know. Of especially a, a metal one. band, you know. Right. And to keeping that much shit straight and they put it all together and it sounds fucking great. Oh yeah. It sounds fucking yeah. phenomenal. Dude. Exactly. It doesn't sound like 13 people are playing together. No, 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 it doesn't. But, uh, so yeah, they lost, they lost Paul Gray, which was a, you know, a big shit storm. And that's when I remember listening to a couple interviews with, uh, Sean Crahan clown. He, uh, for the, their fifth album, the gray chapter, they, he, he really wanted to bring it back to the, uh, the slipknot roots. You know what I mean? Because he even picked up on, and I'm sure everybody else, you know, I'm not the only one that listened to the fucking record. I'm sure everyone else listened to it, and they said, oh, my God, this sounds dangerously stone soury. You know, and for a, for a band that signs dehydrated fucking cow hearts and keeps a formaldehyde-ridden crow under the drum set to smell before shows and pukes on each other and drinks it and shit, that's, that's a large <laughs> leap, you know what I mean? Like, that's a large <laughs> leap. Oh, my gosh. You oh, know? my gosh. So... But uh, yeah, so during the, I was actually really, really impressed with album five, the gray chapter. I really, I really, really enjoyed the album. But however, with this album, you know, they're getting a little bit older and it comes with more devastation. So during this album, lifelong drummer Joey Jordison leaves the fucking band. Joey Jordison leaves. One of those things, man. It, you know, members have have personal stuff going on. They have, you know, their life, physical problems. 
you know, medical, whatever it must it might have been. Oh yeah, well, with Joey, he came out. He, I didn't know this either. He came down with a with a, a disease, a, a form of multiple sclerosis called a transverse my, myelitis, and his his legs literally stopped fucking working. How insane is that? One of the best drummers in the whole, one of the fastest drummers. I don't know if if best is the term. He's fantastic, but he's damn sure got to be one of the fucking fastest. Well, you know, it definitely was uh, definitely a bummer. For sh- yeah. for sure, for sure that, that you know he he wasn't part of the you know after after the, he left, he had he had no choice. He had to he had to right. you know, he had to go on and and you know take care of himself. Yeah, and and that's when uh when the band recruited a couple other guys, and and it's funny too because clown. He he never wanted these two new guys, uh, Alessandro Ventrilla and, and the new drummer, Jay Weinberg. He never wanted these guys to be in the band in the first place. And he outwardly portrayed that. He's like, I don't fucking like – because you know Clown. Like, if you watch any of his <laughs> – Yeah, it's like Dangerfield. Hey, you got no respect over here. Hey, 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 hey. Right. You know, it's c- kind of the same thing with uh, Trent Reznor. You know, when he hired the guys from Filter? Did you know that? Uh-uh. Okay, so Trent Reznor hired these guys to, to you know – be drones for his band, you know, on stage for live tours and stuff. And uh, these guys were kind of like, you know, we want to go out and spread our wings and do our own thing. Mm -hmm. And those guys ended up being the guys from Filter. So, you know, yeah, just, you know, I mean, those guys took off for a couple, you know, hits and then they were, you know, back to being nobodies. But, (laughs) but, you know, you never know who who you're hiring, you know, for 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 fill-ins, kind right. of, you know, for studio musicians. Exactly. And and yeah, like I said, clown, he uh he outwardly was saying he's like I don't fucking like these guys. These guys aren't going to be part of the band. They even they even gave the two new guys a task of creating their own masks. And when when the two new guys, uh Jay and Alessandro came back with their masks, they were like the whole fucking band looked at them and goes what the fuck is this? And they actually gave them masks to wear. And that's when they were like, yeah, these guys are definitely fucking temporary, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and during this time period too, just to give you a, a short depiction, a small visualization of how fucking metal these guys really are in, in, in uh, mid March of 2015, the band finished up one of their tours and fucking Mick Thompson, the, the guitarist, he was hospitalized after having a drunken knife fight with his brother. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yes, I remember that like like yesterday, man. And like those guys weren't fucking around. Like they were at his mansion in Iowa somewhere and you know, they were like I don't know, I guess they they must have been drunk or, or something. Oh, you you don't just fucking like I'm not going to pull I'm bone sober. I wouldn't pull out a knife and start fighting. Honestly, no honestly. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys, they just took it to extreme levels and like, you know, all of a sudden, like it was national news and like, you know, somebody was stabbed and it was like a big thing. Like then, then, then Mick couldn't go on tour because he got stabbed. You know, it was just like huge, huge news in the metal world. And, and we were just, everybody was just like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. And every single time I, I, I hear about something like that with Slipknot or one of their fucking antics, like. You know, Corey Taylor puking in a in a mug and chugging it in front of Marilyn Manson or Sid Wilson lighting himself on fucking fire or breaking his heels or Thompson fucking stabbing his brother with a goddamn knife. All I think about is that Metalocalypse show. You remember that show? Yeah. Fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I just want some like little guy to have a cameo on the side of the stage with all, while I'm listening to this fucking brutal. It's brutal, man. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, yeah, 
they uh, they have their they're working on their sixth album now. Oh, I'm sure they're finished with it by now. They're dropping August 9th, right? You think they're probably finished with it? Yeah, but did you hear that? I heard that. <laughs> it's funny. I heard that Corey Taylor blew out a testicle um, on one of his, his his newer shows. You know, after he did the Jimmy Kimmel stint, you know, for his two new singles. So I don't know how true Blue that is. Blue, what? I don't know if he was singing or straddling something, <laughs> but yeah, he's. He, it was supposedly, you know, true that he blew out one of his testicles and like, he had to go into the doctor or the hospital or something. Maybe he was. Maybe he was doing some sedentary activity that would make it much better. He was like, he was like making a, a balsa wood race car in his garage <laughs> yeah. or something, and dropped yeah. dropped a chisel on his nut and just fucking shattered it or something. Right, right, right. Because you know these guys, these guys gotta have have some sort of uh, have some sort of downtime. Like James Hetfield, I remember listening to a lot of his stuff. He he's a beekeeper. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. And like he's really into it, like hey, for real, serious we into it. We need the bees, man. Bees are what keeps us. Yeah, <laughs> I listened to like. 40, 45 minutes straight of James Hetfield talking about beekeeping. Hey. Something's got to keep these fucking guys grounded, right? Because when you're outside, the, when you're that brutal, that outside the realm of reality, like shattering reality, like you got to keep, you got to have something to keep you on the fucking deck. I totally, totally agree. <laughs> but anyway, so guys, look out for, um, oh, look out for the new album, um, August 9th. Well, wait, hey, what about Corey Taylor's new mask? We haven't talked about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. His, I don't, I I, there was a lot of now, scrutiny behind that. Exactly. But he, why? There there was a uh, one thing I read that said that Corey Taylor did that because he he, he wanted to fuck with his fans. Well, I don't understand how? why. Yeah, and how, how that would even make sense. What, right. What, what about what about it is fucking with his fans? Because it's something different than what he usually does. I, I have no idea. This was yeah, I know. This was an article, you know. But I mean I you know his his uh and then there there was there was also a theory that it wasn't even Corey Taylor singing that, that it was somebody totally a, a different frontman altogether which obviously is not true it's not true it's not true I feel like you've been listening to to Slipknot for for twenty years you'll know if it's not you can tell Corey the Taylor. voice yeah I mean you change you change drummers you you know you may notice if you pay attention. But you change guitar players, you might notice if you pay attention. But you change the front man, mask or not, you're gonna fucking know. I feel like. Well, now which member did they get rid of? They got rid of somebody because you know he was crying. Oh, dude, they got rid of a whole fucking. Well, they got rid of somebody re- re- very recently because he was crying that he wasn't making enough money, and oh. there was a whole there was a whole this, you know a whole scrupulation about money, you know. I think it uh, was. The, I don't even remember. I think it was the drummer. I'm not even. No. Well, maybe I think it was. You know, maybe. Of course, not Joey, but you know, because he's not with him. But it was. It was the drummer because maybe you know, Chris Finn. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Chris Finn. I, we're speculating here, guys. Yeah, speculation. Complete speculation. I have no idea. Um, but however, I did recently listen to their new single, "All Out Life." Did you hear that? I did, and I thought that it was very uh, operatic. Right. Operatic, very operatic. I don't. I feel like it's going back to a little bit heavier stuff, though. I feel like it's they're trying to go way, way back. There was a se- there was a second song. Have you heard the second song? Uh-uh. There was a second song. Uh, you can listen to it on uh, Apple Music. It's pretty good. I mean, both songs are really good, but the second song was a little bit heavier. It wasn't as operatic, of course. You know, right. they, they had that whole element on the, on that first song, which uh, 
which you know some people I guess like it, some people probably hate it, but you know I liked it. I thought it was pretty pretty decent well, you know, as, as, a, as a whole. Even even if it is, I thought it was I was still pretty good. I I, I enjoy the heavier shit of theirs, and uh, and I I thought it was pretty good, and and I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Um, if you guys if you guys love them, then check them out August 9th. They're gonna be dropping a new album called We Are Not Your Kind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll definitely be listening to that whole album from beginning to end to see where it's where it stands in their uh, their their catalog. Right. Anywho, all right, fuckers, we're done. Um, stay tuned in for next week. I don't quite know what we're gonna do it on next, but we'll figure it out at that point. Later, guys. Stop. Sorry for the little recording snafu, guys. Their album "We Are Not Your Kind" is gonna be dropping August 9th. Uh, check out their single All Out Life. It's a badass sound. It brings back a little bit of an Iowa feel to it. And uh, stay tuned for next week. We'll be coming out with a new episode. <laughs>